Have you ever wondered why you aren't getting the results, relationships, or life that you want, or why some of your clients run into the same problems? I'm certified life coach, Lindsay Pullman, and I'm here to tell you that there's nothing wrong with you. There's just more to understand about the multifaceted beauty of the human body. I believe that being trauma-informed is an essential standard of care for coaches, and I'm here to support life coaches who recognize that there is so much more than mindset work when it comes to supporting ourselves and our clients responsibly. So glad you're here. Come on in. Hey, everybody. Oh, man, the weather is really, really gorgeous today. I'm really looking forward to this weekend. My kids are, you know, you might start hearing this pretty consistently if you listen to my podcast. They're about to go on another six, two-week break. <laughs> so in France, you're on for six weeks, off for two. And in elementary school in France, you don't go to school on Wednesdays. So I actually think it's really great for my little guy. I would say guy, but also my, my little girl who they have two days on, one day off, two days on, and then a weekend. It's pretty amazing. And then Wednesdays in France. Typically, kids have lots of activities and stuff that day. So I think it's awesome. The Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Fridays are longer, but overall, I think it's kind of a great fit for my kids at least. So anyway, but once you hit junior high and high school here, that's a little bit different. You usually have half days on Wednesdays and, and things like that. So anyway, we're looking forward to our break. We are going to do some cool local stuff that we still haven't done, even though we've been here for almost five years. And it's going to be great. So anyways, I am so excited to talk to you today about this subject. I'm actually recording a few episodes today and my heart has just been, it's been heavy today. It's been heavy with lots of protective love that I feel for, for people who have been harmed or were, you know, on the receiving end of, of harmful dialogue, even if they're people I love that know how to support themselves and have their own back. And, um, you know, a lot of the work that I do is, it's with that lens of, hey, like people need help. Let's create safe spaces for people to come, come as they are and be and experience what safety looks like so that they can feel safe enough to open themselves up to healing. And so sometimes when I hear stories or examples of where that the opposite is happening, <laughs> it, it still, it still hurts my heart in a way and it, it does from a place of love and um, I noticed myself you know, even though it wasn't me going through what my friend was sharing just needing to do a lot of my own writing and processing to let myself feel what I needed to feel and so what I'm talking about today is this idea of clarity discovery and the grace that typically follows okay so I've noticed this pattern with my clients and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about it today so that whether you're doing your own healing work or you're a coach that coaches clients, this clarity and discovery phase with your clients as they're going through their own healing with respect to any wounds that they bring up, especially in the beginning of your coaching relationship is so, so, so imperative. In my advanced trauma certification, I have a model that I use for coaches so that they can support their clients as their clients heal from difficult relationships that they're in. And, and what I've done is I've turned it into a workbook form for people that aren't coaches, but are in my other programs so that they can go through this process with respect to their tough relationships, whether that's a person, place, thing, institution, religion, organization, or experience, and they, so that they can add the necessary clarity to their lived experience and heal from that as it makes sense. Okay. And, and what I tell them is that 
you know, as you go through any process of clarity and discovery, you want to use your intuition as a guide. And we never want to get ourselves into an emotional space where we know we can't get ourselves out of, right? So we want to be aware of where our own window of tolerance is, our emotional baseline. I have a module on this in my programs, but you could also just Google it real quick and know what that is so that as you're doing any of this work where you're kind of discovering and adding clarity to what you've experienced or what you're healing from, you know where your line is where it's like, oh, you know what, that I want to save and work with a professional for. Or, oh, I want to make sure I know how to create more safety in my body before being willing to go there. So we don't need to uh, use our desire to heal and, and we don't need to get into a fix-it mode where we're willing to like, override our nervous system in the name of getting a quick fix. We want to make sure we're really attuned to our body and taking care of its needs, especially our nervous system, so that the safety is there for the healing to happen. Because that's really, really, really important. It's essential, in my opinion. In my programs, I also have grounding videos on emotional regulation and stabilization so that as you're going through these clarity and discovery processes, you know yourself enough to know where you don't want to take yourself. And, and I think it's really important too, because if there's this scale of one to 10 and 10 is a flooded place where it is really hard to get back to our baseline. When I say, you know, if I were to say, find a window of tolerance for you or decide on a number. And if you go above that number, then, you know, take a break. And that's a sign to push pause and step back. Uh, what I've noticed a lot of times with humans is they might choose a number like seven or eight or nine when really... With our nervous system, we want to just be so gentle where it's like, what if it's a five and we leave it there? Okay. It can be helpful to ease our way into discomfort, but also be really gentle and don't think we have to push ourselves too hard because with a lot of our capitalistic upbringing that a lot of us have experienced, there's this drive to get in, hustle, get it done, get it over with. And that's just, usually that's just not how our body works. And a lot of you maybe take that mentality on or that style of, of healing on because that mentality probably got you some results when you were younger, whether it was like good grades or getting on sports teams or things like that. But typically over time, like that push through, push through, push through mentality isn't sustainable. And so we really want to make sure we're attuning to our body so we can create that safety, which is so important when it comes to living the life that we want to. and living a life of ease and joy and healing and, and safe self-expression. And so I really do like the idea of just like going easy on yourself. There's still going to be discomfort and there's still going to be resistance, but we don't need to push and override. All right. So clarity and discovery. If this is helpful for you, I would say take this exercise and just think about it with respect to yourself and maybe something that you know there's some healing from or maybe a difficult relationship that you've experienced. And if you can, let's put on like a scientist or a historian or an explorer where you're just looking back and observing your lived experience, okay? And just write out what happened, what you're on the receiving end of, right? Write it out. Think of this as like discovery, clarity, and adding language to your lived experience. Now, if you feel emotion come in, let that float too, okay? Because it's really important to have appropriate language for the work that you're doing that can do this on your body's timeline, of course. Now, in my programs, I have question sets to support my clients in this discovery, clients like you. 
and additional coaching calls so that you can have another set of eyes helping you with potential blind spots. Because putting appropriate language to your lived experience really does create that deeper and direct line of healing. And, you know, this isn't the case for all trauma, of course, but for those times when you do need words, giving yourself space to practice um, exercises like the ones in my program is imperative and, and potentially essential. Okay. So yes, with trauma, you don't always need words to process it through. There's a lot of amazing things that we can do to move stuff through energetically and physically. And sometimes having appropriate words can be so, so, so important. This is why as a coach, you know, if you've been trained as a coach and you have a client that needs to kind of have, I, th I think it's really important to give your client space to, to have this clarity and discovery experience and where you as a coach take off any thought detective slash nervous system override hat and just let the clients be where they are and share their lived experience. It's pretty rare for me that I need to interrupt someone sharing this. And I would say this happens more in the beginning of a one-on-one -on -one coaching relationship. But as the relationship goes on, it makes sense that there would be additional clarity and discovery because with all new information that you gather, with all new trauma that you heal from or anyone that you heal from, we're evolving into these new planes of being and existence and acceptance and understanding. And so with new understanding comes new clarity, right? And so giving your client space to sit and develop their own clarity can be a really, really healing experience. A lot of them have been holding on to these feelings, these emotions, these thoughts for so long. And this stuff gets stored and stuck in our body. It affects us physically. It affects us energetically. It affects us mentally. And you may potentially, as a coach, be the first person they've shared this with. And, you know, if you're a coach, imagine being in your client's seat and you sense this energy of a coach, the person who you hired to help you being there is kind of waiting to find that thought that isn't serving you or or finding out where you got it wrong or where you're getting it wrong with your thinking, how differently would you share, right? And I see this with clients too, just because of the nature of a lot of the work that I do where when we presume that there's a way to get it wrong with our thoughts, then we start filtering our thoughts. And if you think about that filtered approach to expressing yourself, it's slightly more constricted than, than it needs to be. And so letting our clients open up energetically and open up physically and open up emotionally is a way to just get stuff on the table. And sometimes just getting stuff on the table is all that needs to happen for that energy to just clear and be released and gone. And then as that clears, you see more readily what's there to look at or to work with. And I think there's a beautiful way to do that with clients that's really non-judgmental and loving and compassionate and with yourself too. Because what I also noticed too is because of our conditioning, because of our socialization, when we start letting ourselves express what's been inside, stored inside, we also start trying to discount or diminish or invalidate these thoughts because we shouldn't be thinking this way because we're so lucky that blah, blah, blah. And because of our socialization, we diminish and invalidate ourselves as well. And so if you are a coach and you understand these systems, which is something that I train my coaches on, and you can learn a little bit more about it in the prior episode, you can help your client filter through that and understand that and, and set things up for them so that they can just get it all out in a very unfiltered, safe space, okay? 
And you can let them know that their thoughts aren't their identity. They aren't their thoughts, right? A lot of the thoughts that we absorb and internalize were handed to us through media, through culture, through our parents. They were modeled to us. A lot of them aren't even ours because we didn't even know we had a choice to like accept thoughts that came in and eventually became belief systems of ours, okay? And so we don't need to blame ourselves for the stuff that comes up. We can look at the stuff that comes up and decide what we want to keep, what we want to prune, what we want to discard, what we want to like fuse together, which is a concept I teach my coaches. As coaches, we owe it to our paying clients to set up environments conducive to this type of work. And when we realize that they may need more support, right? Because if you are a trauma-informed coach, you know that all humans are pretty much essentially carrying trauma. And sometimes we as coaches may realize that our clients may need conjunctive support, some trauma therapy or something like that. And being able to approach that casually as though it isn't a problem or failure on your or their part, because it isn't, is some pretty magical work. My goal as a coach is to really foster and normalize collaboration between all modalities of healing because they are there for a reason. And as humans, we're just so unique that there is never one way for everybody to heal. And so if someone approaches you or if you hear people say, this model solves every problem or this is the way, it's something I would personally question and check in with your body and see how that feels, okay? So after a clarity and discovery awareness process with clients, which I think is so beautiful because that awareness part is already, you're already developing new neural pathways by simply stepping out and becoming aware of your lived experience. And so in a way, stuff is already being released. Transformation is already happening and shifting is occurring. And what I want you to know for yourself and for your clients even if you're not a coach, is that sometimes after this awareness process, this discovery clarity process, there's grief that follows. And clients don't always know that it is grief until you say the word grief. And then they're like, oh, yeah, right? And so what can follow is you explaining a little bit what grief looks like and why it's okay to feel grief anytime your perception doesn't meet what your expectation and that it's always okay. And that process gets to be whatever it needs to be for a client. It's going to look different for each client because oftentimes they don't recognize that there's grief for them to feel, right? When you can understand this as a coach, it can be such a relief to support clients in clearing grief clouds because of the way that you set up the stage to normalize all that the client is going through. And then it's not about like, I need you to push me. I need you to this. I need you to help me. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, hey, you're just right. It's just such a different approach to me than let's find out what they're doing wrong and fix it versus, hey, let's see what's going on in their body and why that's all going right and give them permission to decide what they want to change as they feel more safety and as they clear grief clouds and other emotional clouds that are blocking them from accessing their true self. Okay. So if you are a coach and you understand that all of this is a normal part of working with a client, it's going to change the game for you because you aren't seeing this process as a problem. Okay. When they need to grieve again, at some point during your coaching experience, you're not going to see that as a problem. You're going to see that that actually makes sense because of the way that we evolve as humans and the way healing and growth looks. 
You can meet your client where they're at on their body's timeline without an agenda of how healing should look. And this goes for any niche, y'all. So you might, if you're thinking, oh, I'm a business coach, it's different for me. No, I'm sorry, but healing is growth. Growth is healing. Any of this transformational work brings discomfort. And the more that you understand that, the more that you're going to see how parallel this work is, no matter where your clients are as they're learning how to self-advocate in newer, bigger ways. So if you're thinking about this work with respect to one of your tougher relationships, you know, you could ask yourself, have I let me put words to my lived experience? Or do I have a tendency to discount and dismiss what I was on the receiving end of due to, quote, all the good that person or that institution offered? I want you to know that pain is not a zero-sum game. There can be good coming from a person or an institution, and you can still be on the receiving end of stuff that needs healing. If my kid came home from school today and I found out he got punched in the face by another child, while I know that that other child is inherently good, that doesn't mean my son doesn't have a black eye or a bruise to ice, okay? So if my son were to come home because he'd been physically punched, it makes sense that he still has pain to heal from and the person that punched him also has a lot of good to him too. And if you can start thinking that with respect to yourself and your own emotional wounds and your clients, it's just so much easier to realize, hey, it's okay for me to feel pain. And even when there's a lot of good, that doesn't mean that damage can't happen or isn't happening, okay? Because that's something I see a lot with emotionally abusive marriages and also with religious conditioning, religious trauma and institutional trauma, okay? So if you're doing this work for yourself right now and you're checking in, like, what would it look like for me to write out my lived experience, what I'm experiencing, and you notice resistance to accepting some of the stuff that you want to write out, one thing I want to offer that can be helpful is with this resistance is we can let that resistance know or let that part of us know like, hey, we can express our lived experience and it doesn't mean we have to 180 everything in our life, okay? Everything doesn't have to change just because we're expressing what happened. Another thing too that I see is when we deny our lived experience, especially if you're like an abuse survivor, Sometimes when we deny our lived experience, our anxiety or our depressive symptoms can, can kind of act up and ramp up. It's not always the case. That's just one little thing. And so sometimes that can be like a check. If you have these symptoms of anxiety and depression and they ramp up a lot for no reason, you're not really sure why, it's a check that you can do. There's definitely like a myriad of other things that could be for sure, right? But because I'm talking about this clarity discovery and awareness with respect to our own lived experience within this container. That's one thing that you could check in with yourself too. So again, one thing you can say to yourself with this resistance might be, hey, I don't have to change everything about my life right now just because I'm going through this exercise. Okay. This is just giving me more information to support what I potentially experience. Now back to the grief, maybe there is some grief that, you know, where something happened that you wished hadn't happened. And when you let yourself be, when you let your lived experience be, when you let what you're experiencing in the here and now be, which might be some grief, we can remove that resistance. You can let your grief move through you so it doesn't get trapped and cloud all things. Because oftentimes, um, something interesting that I teach my coaches is that 
sometimes clients exhibit behavior that can look like trauma responses, you know, mental illness, other erratic behavior, when in actuality, there is grief that needs to be processed. And so it's something that I teach my coaches in the beginning of any work that we do together or that they do with their clients is to clear grief clouds as they come. All right. If you need more information on grief, you can look at episodes on validating your client's grief, episodes 17 and 18. And I have some phenomenal resources in my, actually in all of my programs on grief. So if you're not a coach and you're in one of my, uh, my self-advocacy or my safe awakenings, healing circles, there's a great workbook in there. So again, there's this stuff is available to anyone in any of my programs. And if you're interested in the work that I'm doing, I have something amazing in the works that I'm going to talk about soon. And if you're on my email list, you're going to hear it first. If you're following this podcast, you'll probably hear it second and you'll also see it on Instagram, but it's really, really fun stuff. Cannot wait. And you'll know about it soon enough. All right. Take care, everybody. Join us in this revolution. Gotta crawl before we walk this in evolution. So are you ready to become a part of our forever community of trauma-informed coaches? Go to lindsaypullman.com and see if my advanced certification is a fit for you. And we ready to heal this what we pursuing. Coaches change lives, this what we doing. This the place to be, no need to panic see. We got each other's backs in this healing community. Wanna know the facts? It's simple. When we coming together, yeah, we got unity.